is a Bramble Jam podcast. Hi, I'm Bran, and I love Hallmark movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark movies. <laughs> and I'm Tori, and I am in some of the Hallmark movies. And this is the Deck the Hallmark, Hallmark podcast. podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, what boy. an exciting day. Boy, oh boy. What an exciting day. I think Tori just realized what the podcast is about, and she's like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'm out of I'm here. Like, uh, guys, you know, I think I have a previous uh, obligation. <laughs> Engagement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, yeah. I got a thing My manager on. just in my ear, I'm really sorry, <laughs> but I've got to, there's nothing I can do. Tori DeVito, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Tori DeVito of Christmas Promise fame. Of is Christmas Promise. Boy, that movie caused a lot of argument uh, within we'll our little community. It. We'll get within to our it. little community. A lot did of it. argument. It did. did it. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. so curious why. Someone here loved the movie. Um, okay. And someone I here. I take it's not you. It isn't me. But I didn't think it was. I thought the premise was unique in the movie. Yeah. I just had a hard time with this woman who's... Uh, husband dies and he's gone for ice for three hours and she's just like <laughs> washing dishes and going you think we should check on darren or whatever his name is like i know ice typically takes two to three hours but let's check on him to make sure um but you know <laughs> yeah i get that i get that you know it's so funny that you say that because one of the reasons I wanted to do that movie was because I was like, you know, I've never seen grief done in a Christmas Hallmark movie. That's right. I was like, that's so interesting. And then if I'm being completely candid, one of the biggest challenges I had when I got there was, you know, I wanted to play the grief very, you know, the way I would that's handle right. grief. And they were like, no, you have to make it grief, but make it Hallmark. And I was like, oh, what is that? What is that? So it was actually a really interesting acting exercise to get into that, you know, doing grief, but on Hallmark uh, in a romantic, you know, drama type setting. It was really interesting. Grief, but Hallmark sounds like an improv troupe. <laughs> um, but the interesting <laughs> thing, it is true. You don't see grief, but you all like usually like if somebody's dead, we never meet them. That's so right. when right. at the beginning of the movie, right. we meet your husband, I'm like, it's, Whoa, yeah, wow, wowsy. you put a face to that name. It's a different story. Right. Different story. All of a sudden, Darren totally. has a backstory. That's exactly right. right. The <laughs> only <laughs> movie I've seen that like you guys did a good job with it, but then uh, there's a movie called Two Turtle Doves with you. I, Michael Rady was on Chicago Med, so I assume you've maybe have yeah. met. Uh, no, he went on the show after I already left the show. He came on this last se seventh season, and that's I, was, I left. That's on me for thinking that 120 episodes was the whole show. I thought you were just on it stem to stern. I guess I, that's, yeah. on me. Yeah. that's on me. No, I was there from the beginning until the end of season six. I left. Um, but I did do a, a movie with Michael like years ago called It Had to Be You. Like, I don't even like I was in my mid 20s, I think. Wow. It had to be you. Had to be you. But your point was that Two Turtle Doves does it well. Two Turtle Doves, Michael Rady, Nikki Deloach. That's the one that I think they do a like. They don't now. It's not a situation where you meet the husband or fiance and then they kill sure. him. Like that sure. is a tightrope. You're on a a hallmark tightrope, unlike any other at that point, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, we sure. don't. I don't. We don't typically start with hallmark, but here we are. Was there a discussion about whether or not we should meet the the husband? Like, because it's just that's just so rare. Like, do you was I it know. was it? Or had, I, I assume that the script was already greenlit, but how, like, yeah. did were you a privy to any of those conversations about I, we're gonna meet this guy? I wasn't. I wasn't. So by the time I got it, it was just in there that we were going to meet him. 
And I was like, well, I kind of like that because I've not seen that before. Never. So I was like, yeah, I'm in. It definitely, it's one, like we've seen 400 of these movies. So many of them we forget. Yeah. We'll never forget that one. Never forget. Like, there's just right. no way to forget it because it is there distinct and it stands out. Um, well, let's go pre Hallmark. Let's go um, back to childhood, um, if 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 we will, and we will. Yeah. Um, where were you born? <laughs> um, what were you like as a kid? How'd you um, uh, kind of get into acting? Was it something you loved as a kid, or something you figured out later? So I was born in Long Island, New York. Um, I lived there till I was eleven. I was a very um, I liked dressing up a lot. I was very dramatic as a child. I loved like, oh, like playing make believe and very girly. I wish I could say I was like a really cool tomboy. I just love that. Like I did like getting my hands dirty, but I loved like all the dresses and, you know, coming down the stairway in the very dramatic way. I was definitely that kid. Um, so I do think that I attribute that to uh, kind of falling into acting. I loved all that kind of drama stuff. And when I saw Les Miserables when I was about seven, I think it was what really put the acting bud in my head. Although I was playing violin started when I was six. And so I did that professionally all throughout high school until I got into an acting class when I was 15. You did and that kind violin of professionally as a teenager. I need to back up. Yes, I what did. Is, so wow. you just like would book gigs as a 14 year old? Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. So I would play um, weddings around town. I was playing with the Florida Symphony Youth Orchestra and we traveled to Germany and Austria. Um, wow. So, yeah, it was it was what I thought I was definitely going to do. But then I realized I, I didn't get to the level where I felt like I was good enough to be a professional soloist. Um in that way. And I just did not want to be in an orchestra my entire life. And as funny as this is, I remember in middle school going up to my parents and be like, it just kind of hurts my back. And they're like, what? <laughs> I was like, you know, just like sitting like this for so long, it just really hurts my back. They're like, get over it. Yeah. Was, was there any burnout though? Was there any burnout and like, I could do this my whole life or I could play all these fun, different roles. Like, was there any, like, I don't, yeah. you know, it was like, I just can't play a violin anymore. Or were you just like, ah, it's not for me. Um, no, I think I just realized cause I, I, when I got into acting and I was like in high school and I started working and I went, I switched to a like professional children's high school to accommodate the fact that I was out of school so much. And my father, who's a musician, he sat me down and was like, look, like I see you, you're still trying to focus on violin, but you're really trying to focus here. He's like, don't be a jack of all trades. Just pick one and try to be really great at it. You can still do everything else, but like focus on one. And I was like, okay. And that's when I chose acting. I think I just realized I had more of a chance of having a really solid career with acting than I did violin. Like I said, I just didn't feel like I was quite good enough to be that like incredible. Like I wasn't going to be the next Isaac Perlman. You know what I mean? So there's like a, um, I feel like a handful of violinist violinist is correct yes um that are like that that are like uh like lindsey sterling that's like violin but like with pop music do you see that and you're like i i could have done that like or is it really Um, is it does it i look at it and i'm like that's not as that doesn't seem as hard as like Like when yellow card ocean avenue came out was every (laughs) violinist like what have i been doing my whole life Yeah, I actually thought to myself, I was like, you know, with bands like that or like Dave Matthews or the Dixie Chicks or Yellow Card. Like I was like, yeah, I could have. But I don't think I had the confidence when I was that young to take the pop route, to be honest with you. And I wish I had. Um, I was so trained classically that when you're right 
sometimes when you're that trained classically, like improv is a sin in classical music. So I didn't have the confidence to mm. quote unquote jam with people. And so I got really nervous in situations like that. And then when I was in my twenties, I met this actor, Tommy Davidson, um, not my twenties. Actually, I was 18 when I first moved to LA. Tommy Davidson's I met this hysterical. Actor. Yeah. Amazing. So I was waitressing at this restaurant and the wife uh, of Christoph St. John, her name was Alana St. John. She ran the restaurant and Christoph was a, on a soap for a really long time. He's since passed, but um, he was friends with Tommy Davidson and all these other guys that would come into the restaurant. And he had told me, he's like, Oh, Tori plays violin. She's, you know, trying to be aspiring to be an actor. And Tommy Davidson was like, well, I'm going to do this comedy and music show at the sunset room, which I don't think exists anymore in LA. But um, he was like, do you want to, do you want to play a song? I really want a violinist to play a jazz song, this song called um, night song by Noel pointer. And I was like, uh, sure. I mean, it terrified the crap out of me, but I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I actually did it on stage and had Brian McKnight's band backing oh, me up. Wow. And then from there I met Raphael Sadiq and I played a song on his album. And then I played a song on Stevie Nicks's album. So I did some stuff, but I haven't in a very long time. Played some wow. stuff on, did you say Stevie Nicks? Stevie album? Stevie wow. Nicks. I did, Unbelievable. I did, yeah. You still got a violin around the house? You still pick it up and just like, let me give it a whirl. I do. I do. Um, I actually, this is the longest I've gone without playing. I actually went through this shoulder injury, unfortunately. And so it's, I'm in a lot of pain on this oh, no, left no. side. So it's kind of inhibited it, but, um, but I do still play. And on, when I was on Chicago med, they let me play twice, which was great on the show. And, um, that was the first time I had married those two worlds together. So do your parents think you're lying about the shoulder injury after the back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, you know what? Maybe, maybe. My dad's been playing drums his whole life and he's like 71 and still like playing harder than any 20 year old. And I'm like, I don't know. The violin kind of hurts my shoulder. He's like, get, like, get out of here. So your parents clearly, uh, art background, clearly were supportive of this move to acting, even as a yes. teenager. So like, did you guys, did they just trek you around all these auditions everywhere? Like when you were a teenager? So what's funny about that is, well, they trekked me around to all my violin stuff for sure. And then when, so when I was about 15, um, somebody had suggested putting me into modeling and, and my, well, when I was a little younger and my parents were like, eh, I don't know about that. So when I started getting into that, they said, okay, here's the deal. We'll let you do stuff like that when you can drive yourself to auditions. Oh, wow. So 15 is when like, I kind of started getting to classes and they did drive me some places and then like really, you know, wanted me to start doing that when I could drive myself. Cause I think they wanted me to like stay a kid as long as I could. So, which I appreciate. That's good parenting. You. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Where you still lived in New York at the time. No. So when we, when I was 11, we okay. moved to winter park, Florida. Oh, Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Ooh. So well, old Florida. So were you, Doing auditions? I, yeah, I'm from Florida. Um, born, where? In, born in Orlando. I lived in Titusville. That was where I grew up. Oh, great. Okay. So you know Winter Park. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's not a big fan of Florida anymore. I'm not a big fan, of, aside from... Nor am I. No, it's it's hot. It's <laughs> just... Spin a work. wheel of like criminals, bad traffic, and weather. Yeah. Like, just spin the wheel. But I'm like, I'm also a, I'm a diehard Orlando Magic fan too, and so that's that's also pain. So it's just, just a lot of pain when it comes to Florida. Um, so I get it. When were you, how were you doing 
anything, uh, was there a lot of auditions in Florida that I'm not aware of or what were you doing? Yeah. So fortunately uh, for me growing up there, uh, Nickelodeon was actually based yeah. in Florida when I was in high school and now it's in LA, but um, it was based in Florida. So there was like, you know, I did some extra work and then I had like little one liners here and there. And then there was like some uh, WB shows before it was a CW um, that filmed in like Jacksonville and places like that. And then I got to, there were some movie auditions in Miami and I didn't book them obviously, but I remember being able to drive them and, you know, kind of getting my feet wet with big auditions. The first audition I had was, um, Mel Gibson's daughter for what women want. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I remember being like, I'm going to get it. And I was like, <laughs> Well, I, I don't think I could like put two sentences together at that point in my career, but yeah, it was fun. Do you have a memorably bad audition? One that just is like, man, oh what, what yes. happened just now? Yes, yes, yes. So, um, uh, there was, what was that movie? The Wayne's brothers did like a spoof on all those dance movies. You know how they yeah, would do those. I know what, yeah. what you're talking about. What was yeah, it wasn't, yeah. uh, it was after white chicks. What was the next one? Yes. What was the, I can't. Uh, I don't remember, but it was like all the dance movies combined and it was just like spoofing all of them. <laughs> so I had auditioned and then I got a call back and then I went to producers and then I was going to screen test and I was going to screen test for the Wayne's brothers. And I was like playing the kind of like mean girl, whatever. So I have this scene where I'm like being rude to the lead character who's like dancing and I'm like, Oh yeah. And then I do like really bad dance moves and I like come up <laughs> and in the middle of the screen test, I, I blacked out. Like I literally blacked out. And when I went to do my bad dancing, I was like flailing like a fish out of water. I don't even know what my body was doing. It's like my body was possessed. It wasn't mine anymore. And I start flailing and I come up and they're all just like this. Oh no. No laughter. No, no sympathy laugh. And I literally think I said, I'm going to go. No. Like, oh, it was so embarrassing. Oh, and my so gosh. bad. And I'm like, that's on tape somewhere. Cause that's when they Man. used to tape auditions yeah. before like Gotta digital. Find that tape. And I'm like, where's that tape? Burn at? it. Yeah. Burn it to the ground. But we actually have it right now. Can you cue you that? Cue that clip, Trace. Uh, <laughs> the uh I, I feel like that movie is called Dance Movie. Was it just called Dance Movie? Yeah, you know what? I think you're right. Wow. I think you're right. What a great title. You know, we really what a title. Know, right? The Wayne's were shooting for the stars there. <laughs> so how do you get to were you waitressing at in New York, you said? No, so that's when I moved to L.A. L.A., okay. so do you moved out to the L.A. and you're like, I'm going to do these auditions and get a waitressing job and just make a... When, when was that? When was that decision made to be like, I'm doing this? So uh, I, I went to this for my junior and senior year of high school. I went to a professional children's school because I was working a lot and was missing school. So that's when I made that switch and it was a private school. So I did have to pay for it. My parents paid for it. But um, <laughs> but when I made that switch, I think they were like, look, if we're going to do this, like you have to be very serious about this. We're not just going to do this. If this is just like, and I was like, no, 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 I want to, I'm going to go to LA as soon as I graduate. Like this is, this is my path. And my dad had gone on his first tour when he was 18. So he was very, excited and I think sympathetic about that and felt like he was kind of passing the torch. He's like, okay, cool. So, um, so yeah, I, I was doing this, uh, class where this casting director had come to my acting school and she was like, look, when you're ready, I will set you up with meetings with managers. And so before I turned 18, when I was still 17, I graduated high school six months early. My mom flew out to LA with me. I met a plethora of managers picked one who I'm actually still with today wow. 20 years later. Yeah. And, um, 
and waited till June when I turned 18. And then I packed up my Explorer Sport and my mom helped me drive to LA. And I immediately got jobs. I think I worked like four different jobs at which I was working for a catering company. I was working as an assistant for a plastic surgeon. I was working at, as a waitress at Tangerine Cafe, and I was also working at Urban Outfitters. <laughs> wow. Yeah, just to try to make ends meet, and then auditioning, and then also, you know, getting into all the things that an 18-year-old an would get into, moving to L.A. for the first time with no parental guidance. So it was interesting. I can see the assist- hard to get into trouble if you've got four jobs and doing auditions, <laughs> I know, though, right? right? I can I see being an assistant to a plastic surgeon in L.A., as being potentially really beneficial, yeah, because you can you slip a tape into somebody, you know. <laughs> maybe like, I can. Uh... It, it was wild. Well, you know what's so funny? I actually had to quit because. Um, so I, I had babysat for this woman, and she was like, she was his her his right hand woman, and she was like, look, we're looking for an assistant. Do you need an extra job? I was like, yeah. But I, when I moved to LA, I didn't own a pair of heels. I wore Converse. And if I had to wear a nice dress, I wore it with my Converse. Like That's I didn't right. have, and when you work in a plastic surgeon's office, you have to wear business attire. And I was like, look, I'm like breaking my bank to try to dress the part to work here. Like I can't, I can't do this anymore. Wow. And it kind of grossed me out. Like people would call and be like, oh, I opened my eye this morning and blood came pouring out. Is that oh normal? God. And I was like, ah! Oh my! Yeah, it wow. was wild. Tori was and wild. I are roughly the same age. I wore Chuck Taylors. I wore Converse every day to school in high school. Oh yeah, like that was oh, it. Yeah. That was it every day. Had a black pair, yeah. had a blue pair, had a red pair. That that was yeah. it. That's all I ever wore. They're still so cool. you know it's really. I have these vintage Converse um, that were my mom's because when when I was a kid, my dad was sponsored by Converse, so we used to get these really cool Converse that you couldn't really find, and um, we they gave us Christmas Converse ones. Stop! And oh I my have gosh. these high top no Christmas Converse that actually have bells on the back. I've never seen them before. I bet you they're worth like I have no oh, idea. Brandon is they're losing in great his mind condition. right now. Oh my they're goodness! Awesome! They're awesome. <laughs> yeah, I will. Where the interview's over now, Brand's gonna go. I'm just, I'm gonna go. I'm trying to figure out like what I can sell to like make you an offer that's worth it. You said your dad was sponsored. Is he like played in any bands we'd have heard of? Yeah, so he played with Billy Joel for 30 years. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So are you serious? You you keep telling us things that (laughs) that it's just not the answer. I saw Billy Joel live 15 years ago. It's my favorite concert I've ever been to. It's unbelievable. Yeah, just unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, so all those, yeah, all those drum parts are, are dads. I don't, oh, and you, and you know what? A cool fun fact. He plays with this new group called the Slim Kings, who are great. And um, I put their one of their songs in the new Hallmark movie coming out um, this weekend. So oh, fantastic! I love that. Yeah. I can't get over that. That is that's wild. But, um, so you're you're working and you're doing stuff and you're booking things. Three episodes of Drake and Josh, and I think that's of note for Brandon. I'm sure I saw you. I'm sure I saw you. Yeah. I've never seen the show, but Brand is a fan. It's yes. a great show. Yeah, it holds yeah. up. Um, you know, it's so funny. I'll have people come up to me about that, and I even forget that I that was so long ago. I'm like, whoa. When you um, um, audition for Nickelodeon, do they slime you on the way in or on the way out? Like, is that a mandatory slime situation? I've never been slimed. I actually would love to be slimed. I've, I've never, never been, been slimed. slimed. Unbelievable. Never been slimed. I get, know. Get it together, uh, Nickelodeon. I mean, you start <laughs> off. These may all be just like non-speaking roles, but you start off basically trying to be 
the queen of the early 2000s by appearing on Dawson's Creek, Scrubs, and King of Queens. I mean, wow. I think you pretty much run the gamut there. Were those all just like extra kind of things or did you have speaking roles in those? I had speaking roles, but they were kind of like, you know, two, three liners. I got you. Um, and I kind of made a fool on all in all of them. Like, <laughs> I, I think I booked King of Queens because in my audition, my phone started ringing and Kevin James was in the audition and my phone started ringing and I was mortified. And I looked at him. I was like, I'm so sorry. It's probably my mom. And I like ran out of the room <laughs> and I think he felt so bad for me. He gave me the role. Yes. That's and then, great. Um, and then when I did scrubs, I'd never seen the show before. So uh -oh. I knew who Donald Faison was because obviously clueless. Yeah, I had no idea who Zach Braff was. And I thought he was one of the crew. And so uh. I asked him like a crew related question. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> Clearly, you don't watch the most talked about show on television. I was like, oh, I was so embarrassed. So yeah. Oh my gosh, he thought she thought Zach Braff was crew. Could you give me a water? Zach, like you? a coffee, just black. I don't I need just anything. I feel like in the beginning of my career, I had those moments where if you put him in a movie, you'd be like, oh, that's so typical that this actress is like fumbling around like an idiot everywhere. But like literally, that was my life for the first ten years so in LA. What's the role that you were like? This is it. I'm an actor, no more waiting tables. What was that? Um, when I was 20, I booked my first series as a series regular, and it was called Beautiful People, and it was uh, ABC Family's first scripted series, and Daphne Zuniga, I don't know if you know her, she played Princess Vespa in Spaceballs, and yeah. um, she was on Melrose Place. She played my mom, and I remember thinking, like, it was the first time I did, like, a big contract like that, and... It was very surreal. I was like, oh my God, okay. Like I, I'm in, I'm in. Um, and it was much harder than that, but yeah, but, uh, but that was the first time I felt like 16 okay, episodes. Is that, yeah. How, how much of the series is that is 16 episodes? Well, they broke, it's only one season, one, but they oh, okay. broke it up into two parts. Got so it. they did like season one, a, then we took a hiatus and then we did season one B, but it was so fun because they actually, I think because ABC family had never done a scripted series before it was that and wildfire that came out at the same time. And like, they put billboards like all over New York on buses everywhere. And I, and in LA, and I'd never seen that before either. And I was like, Oh my God. This is so cool. <laughs> that is really cool. That is neat, for sure. Uh, so basically, you you walk you walked so that Kyle XY could run. No, no, yes. no, no. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Stop trying to like shoehorn Kyle XY. I will shoehorn Kyle XY into anything I and everything. About that show, you should have. He didn't. You well, he didn't have a belly button. He, he didn't. didn't he didn't have a belly button. button. Could have so, right. yeah, that's, that's that's the thing. Right. No belly button. <laughs> Uh, that's so funny. Tori, you were regular on Chicago Med, and that will pay the bills for a long time, 120 episodes. <laughs> Chicago PD and Chicago Fire, you got to be on both of those in what I assume are crossover events. Which one's better? <laughs> Out of all three? No, you got to say Chicago Med. You were on 120 episodes. Of the other two, which one's better? Oh, wow. Okay. All the way around. Like, you had to, to choose To work one. on or to watch? Give me both. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to... You know what? One of my best friends is on Chicago PD. So for that, I'm going to go with that. One. I love it. But who's the bigger hero? Is it police officers, uh, or medical professionals, or, or the, the first responders? <laughs> Please don't which answer that. I, <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, uh, which which one's res res uh, right. risking their lives to save us is better? I don't know. You know, um, I have to say, I think working on med was the best because Chicago PD and fire all throughout Chicago winter had to film outside. Oh, and my we gosh. Did it. So I was so grateful for that because so that would have. I, 
I've never seen an episode of Chicago Med. What do you play on that show? I played a doctor. So you I played do some med- medical jargon then? A lot of medical jargon? A lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can you just a run lot. one off for me Give real quick? A little something, like something. a real quick, like two cc's of Metaphil? <laughs> it's been like a year. Um, God, I. you know what I was really gotten really good at? Because we always said the same acronyms. I'd be like, I need a CBC, CMP, BMP, and a talk screen or something like we used to just like roll that stuff off our tongue wow oh my god yeah it was really the first i think the whole first season i was like shaking in my shoes i was like i can't do this this is this is insane because then you also have to be fluid with all the stethoscope and what you're doing with your hands and have these big words just like roll off your tongue like you've been saying them for, for years. years and That's years right. And oh my God, I wish we had a gag reel on that show. It would have oh been Oh my goodness. Genius, it's pretty like didn't. medically accurate, right? Isn't it like, don't yeah. they have an advisor yeah. on there that's like, yeah, this is how yes. you would do it? Wow. Yes, that's one of the things I think med took pride over more so than some of the other medical shows out there is we really tried to be very true. And you know, Dick Wolf's whole thing is he loves to rip from the headlines. So yeah. our stories were real. So yeah. Wow. What's hard, what was harder filming that show or doing a, your first Hallmark movie in 15 days? <laughs> um, you know what? It's a different beast. That's for sure. There's, um, I loved going to do Hallmark movies cause I was like, you know, the first three seasons, I started off Chicago med pregnant with a, a husband who was passed. So my character wow. cried a lot in <laughs> the first season. And by the end of it, I think I did my first Hallmark movie after the first or second season of Med. And I was like, oh my God, I get three weeks of no crying. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I get to just like have fun. But then, you know, you're trying to cram a whole movie in 15 days. And when you're the lead of the movie, you're working every scene all day. And I was like, I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, because Med, we had nine series regulars. So yeah. you're number our, one on the call sheet. Schedules were, yeah, you were crazy. And yeah, at yeah. Hallmark, you're like, you're one on the call sheet. Day. You're there start to, to, to finish the every day. Yeah. And that is, that has got to be something. But the dialogue. Yeah, normally their locations are like 30 minute to an hour, an hour and a half drive from the hotel, too. So you're like, oh, sleeping. man. Yeah, yeah, just trying. Was to it like I imagine, like you know, a little bit more uh, budget to work with on Chicago? Like, was it like, yeah. was that like a, a shock? Like when you went to go work for your first Hallmark movie, coming from Chicago, the Chicago set, and then coming <laughs> to the Hallmark set was like, whoa, this is crazy different. Um, no, you know what's so fun about Hallmark movies? They they really like their food. Their catering is amazing. We, we always never, we, we went on Home and Family and we've home, done other shows. Yeah. We've done home and Family. Good Morning America, Kelly Clarkson. I, not, nothing wrong with those two shows. Home and yeah. Family's craft services was the best craft services. Top notch. Amazing. Unbelievable. Right? I know. And I'm always like, and then I come back to men and I'm like, guys, how can we step up our game? Like (laughs) this food is out of this world. And so I always felt like, and they treat you really well when you go out there and stuff. So, and I have done so many indie movies and all that stuff in the last like 20 years that I didn't really think much of it. What was your first, uh, Hallmark movie? How'd you get um, hooked up with them in the first place? Um, I don't know. They reached out to my manager and they offered me a film. And I remember I was on break. I don't think, I think I did my, I actually, what's crazy is I can't remember. I think I did my, I think I've done four. Was it best Christmas party ever? Yes. Yeah. That was the one. And that was right before Chicago med. Okay. Um, and I went and did that. And I remember being like the title, 
can we talk about the title? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Best Christmas party ever. Like, and so I thought it was a working title. And then I realized, no, this is, this is sticking. And I was like, okay, all right. Um, but I had such a blast. I, I worked with Steven, Stephen Lund on that. Steve Lund. Lund. And we laughed so much. He's such a riot. We had so much fun. And I was like, oh, this is a good time. Um, and then, and then, yeah, I think I've done three more since then. I think. Yeah, that's interesting because I feel like Hallmark actors, they, they use a lot of the same people. And if, you know, you've been in three, you've probably been in 10. But like right. in your case, they're pretty spread out. And well, they, did you I mean, you had Chicago Med going on. You were also on 40 episodes of Pretty Little Liars. Was that yeah. during all of that? Like, is that all in like the same time span? I think the Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. So I was kind of bouncing back between... I'd done One Tree Hill, and then that went into Pretty Little Liars, and I was doing Pretty Little Liars and Vampire Diaries at the same time. And then I think the first Hallmark movie came at the tail end of Pretty Little Liars or during. Yeah, because I did the finale of Pretty Little Liars during my first season of Med. So, yeah. So, so Wow. So, was there any point where Hallmark said, hey, we got this role, and you're like, look, I love it. I just can't. I can't. I've got, I've got all this stuff going on. No way. Yeah. Yeah, some yeah, for sure. But that's what I love about. I have to say, one of my favorite things about the Hallmark Network is it. It definitely like when they, when you're in with them, you feel very secure, like family. Like it feels sometimes when you go and you work for certain producers or this and that, you feel a little disposable. Like, hey, if, if it's not you, honey, it'd be somebody else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But Hallmark, you feel valued by the network, and that's what I've always appreciated so much. Um, so even if I have to say like, no, I just do not have the time for this right now, or this isn't the script that I love, like let's look for something else. They're like, yeah, sure. Great. We'll, we'll come to you again. And I, I, I love that. That's fantastic. So best Christmas party ever was 2014, which was like, I feel like this, so when, fun. when the Christmas movie boom kind of started, it was like the kind of Christmas started to become a thing that people were talking about. And then you do not another one until 2019, I think, which was right before Christmas. And then last yeah. year's movie, and then you got this one coming up. So pretty spread out. What's the? Have you seen uh, Hallmark evolve over those years? Yes. Like, what's that? What's that been like for you? Kind of coming in every few years, every couple of years to do a Hallmark movie, and Hallmark's <laughs> evolving, and now they're under different leadership. What's that evolution like for you on your end? Yeah. So very candidly, that's actually why there was a break between the 2019 one and the one I just did. Um, because there were some things that popped up and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm thinking maybe there's some archaic views going on here and I'm not so sure that I want to really be joined with that. And then, then things started changing and people started changing and scripts started changing. And that's when I read, um, the last, the one that I just did. Christmas promise. And I saw that the network was changing and I felt like they were evolving for the better. And I was like, you know what? Like I'm, I've been with my manager for 20 years. I love sticking with people and being loyal. And I was like, if they are evolving, like I want to be on that train to evolve with them. But, um, but I didn't know if that would happen. And so I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to do more because you know, I wanted to make sure that everything was kind of moving in the right direction and it looks like it is. So I was like, great, I'm here. Let's do it. I love that. How about that? Yeah. So you did Christmas promise last year, which I loved. And it's, uh, I, I think, you know, there's, what was it? 42 of them. 
Is yeah, 41, that, 42, something like it that. It was yeah. in, it was in my, it, I don't think it broke my, I think it just missed my top five, but right. I was very high <laughs> on it. And I was like, I, we and, rank them all every year, Tori. I promise. Like it's a thing. If that's, that's, that's high awesome. price. And, and, and that. like in interviews, I would be like, you gotta <laughs> be on the lookout. Christmas promise. So I was very high on the movie. We talked a little bit about it, but you do that one. And then this is, I feel like this is obviously the, the soonest you've done another one. So clearly you had a good time and you're ready yeah. to, to jump back in. This is your first non-Christmas Hallmark movie, yes. Rip and Time. Um, yeah. So talk about a little bit about this project, how you got um, roped up in it, and if you missed Christmas. Roped inside. up in it. Roped up in it. How no. you got roped up in it. Yeah, roped up in it. <laughs> how you got tangled up. No, in no, no, no. No, you got roped. roped up in it, Tori. <laughs> I stand by it. It's a good question, and I can't wait to hear your answer. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I got this script. And I have to be honest, like I read it and I called my manager and I was like, who is this for? And he was like, homework. I was like, really? I was like, this is phenomenal. And not saying that I don't like, I loved, you know, this Christmas, but I haven't read many of their non-Christmas scripts. I think actually that was the first time I ever read one of their non-Christmas scripts. And I was like, I love this script. And it had so many things in it um character wise for me that i'd never like heard about or seen in a hallmark movie before and i was like this is fantastic and so i actually got on the phone with some of them and i was like i am so excited for this film i love the script and um i actually was meant to be on a spiritual trip in peru that same time and I was like, um, can we move some dates? And they were like, no, it's locked. And I, so I had to make the decision and I actually chose the film. That's how much I love the script. Um, and I ended up having a blast. It was so fun. And I, I don't watch a lot of the things that I do it makes me a little nervous and skittish, whatever. And, um, sometimes I'm like, eh, but I'm actually very excited to see this. Have you seen your You've other Hallmark the, movies? Oh, you, have you seen the other ones? I've seen bits and pieces. Okay. I watched the last one because I was excited about that one too. Cause I wanted to see how the grief turned out. Um, and, uh, and I was, I was really pleased with it. And also I was with my boyfriend and his kids. So we all kind of watched it together, which was very nerve wracking for me. Cause I normally, if I am going to watch something, I don't watch it with a group of people, especially I'm sure like, you know, he has, you know, teenagers yep. and they probably, you know, they're very, harsh critics yeah. right? they, they didn't boo <laughs> though like, i'm sure no no they were so supportive he's been it. gone so for two hours to get ice <laughs> <What's going on? laughs> um but yeah um so very excited isn't that nile mater funny he just got that dry humor about him yeah. he's a funny boy yeah, we, he's so funny. He's so great. We found out he started out working on an oil rig. Yeah. He was on yes, a he show did. just like, and just to turn to acting. It's the wildest yes. thing in the world. You don't hear that I every know. day. I was like, how do you go from that to Man. that? I just, it's crazy. He's got stories for days, that guy. Like, oh, for sure. It's amazing. But it is a why, like time. We don't get a lot of time travel. Uh, how do you, f uh, here's the interesting thing. We, we've gotten some time travel and there's always, it's tough to stick the landing, I yeah. think, with yeah, the time yeah. travel. So, like last yeah. year, there was this um, wild Christopher Lloyd was in a time travel Hallmark movie. It I mean, was come on, everything really? you know. I know, um, but the ending wow. was real. It, they it didn't real actually tough. ever. It's tough because they don't ever commit to time travel as an actual yeah. plot device. It's just yeah. this happened that allowed us to tell this story differently. And, and ah. so, is that what's going on here with Rip Van Winkle? No. 
No. No, we commit. We commit. I love it. Can you explain yeah. a little further without giving anything away? Yeah, I know. That's always the hardest part, isn't it? Um, so, uh, I mean, there's experts we get involved that actually help explain certain phenomena. So it's definitely not just talked about, but a huge plot point. And then um, they definitely follow through and, and I think stick it. It was good. All right. Wow. Did I do that well? That was great. You nailed it. Experts. <laughs> they brought in experts. They brought in experts. So Rip I don't know Van what else Van Winkle, though. Niall Mater is They Rip actually Van brought in Rip, Rip, yeah. the real Rip Van Winkle. As, a, as an set. advisor, yeah. yeah. And, just and I have to say, Niall had a really hard job on this movie. Because imagine you're playing somebody from the 1700s who is an intelligent person, but all of a sudden in 2022, everything's new to him. So it's almost very childlike, but you're also still trying to make him a intelligent man you don't he's not will ferrell an elf all of a sudden <laughs> right. and it's like this really fine balance and i remember reading it and being like i'm glad i'm not playing that part right. <laughs> it's really hard and he did such a perfect job with it like i couldn't have been happier it was so great the th tough thing about throwing the time travel and throwing somebody into modern day is like how long do we do the bit where they're like constantly seeing things if that they're amazed by. If it's you, it would be all movie. It would be a whole movie. If it's Dan, he would love to see that all movie. I think it's always funny. Everything. I, it always right. works for me. Sunglasses, camera, TV, <laughs> never gets old. It just everything. everything is oh, mind-blowing. It's how Brand lives his life. <laughs> yes. So I imagine... <laughs> what a great way to live. I know. I'm Just li li listen, the the childlike wonder is what uh, my, my yeah. username is. It's weird. <laughs> weird username. Um, I love that. It's not. I That's lied. Amazing. Um, oh. But... So I imagine, I'm very gullible, yeah, okay. I imagine there's some of that though in this movie that I can look forward to yeah. now Mayor being amazed by technology. Yes. I have to say really quick, cause I just saw somebody saying this that Hallmark hired experts. I didn't mean, <laughs> I didn't mean that Hallmark hired time travel experts no, to be like no. the, the, no, I meant like in, in the, the movie, movie yeah. the characters <laughs> seek out experts to help this. Um, I was like, that would be amazing. I was the uh, time travel <laughs> expert on this film. Can you uh, imagine? The, this is the new hallmark. Get me four science <laughs> yes. time travel nerds. Hey, Johnny, is this how this would happen? Is this accurate? <laughs> Did we get this? Which would be amazing. Yeah. But, but Listen, no, unfortunately. I would pay it. good money in the theater to see Tori DeVito explain <laughs> black hole theory <laughs> in a Hallmark movie. Oh my <laughs> like God, Niall like it. steps out of the 84-minute movie of the week to do, do a Chris <laughs> Nolan explanation of how you see this paper. What if we fold it over and stick a pencil through it? Like I would I would be here for that conversation. Oh, sign me up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Not that. happening. Um, so you do have Ribbon Time coming out. Is there anything else that uh, you're excited about that you're involved with that you're allowed to talk um, about? Yeah. So, well, there are a couple things in development, so I can't really talk about them, but I am excited about them. That doesn't really give anything. I hate when people do that, by the way, and you I just nailed did it. it. You nailed it. Um, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, but, but other than that, just kind of enjoying life right now because, you know, I was on med for six years and we filmed 10 months out of yeah. the year and... Um, so just like really enjoying, I'm about to go to Vietnam this weekend, which I'm super wow. stoked for. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, is it yeah, the, is so, it the, uh, are you, did you ever go to Peru? You, that was one of my rapid fire. Oh, sorry. Much. Really appreciate it. Go ahead. Go I ahead. Didn't. You did it. No, not yet. I know. Wow. I could tell something was, what are you going to Vietnam off? for? Something is it just a vacation? 
No, so I've been working with this organization, Animals Asia, and we're breaking ground on a new moon bear sanctuary because they help end um, bear biling in Vietnam. What wow. is a moon bear? A moon bear. So I didn't know what a moon bear was until I started working with them. It's a specific type of bear, and it's got a really cute name. And I have to be honest, they're not the cutest bears ever. <laughs> they look like a bear mated with a badger. Like, it's got the funniest-looking face, but they're so cute. And at the sanctuary, they have, like, a whole bubble bath station for them. And yes. you see them, like, playing with the bubbles and all that kind of stuff. So I'm super excited. So I just saw – I just looked up Animals Asia because, you know, just want to be informed. Yes. This looks fantastic. Is Are, are yes. like, helping animals, is that a passion for yours has been a, for a long time? Or is this, like, something new? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love uh, working with animals. I have rescue dogs. I recently bought a farm in 2020 that I'm trying to figure out how to turn into a dog hospice, but nice. we'll, see. we'll see how we get there. If Bram would have asked that question, he would have asked what roped you into animals Asia. That's what he would say, <laughs> which is a dynamite sentence. Moon bears are hilarious. They have this like stripe right here and it looks yeah. as if someone put on a, a head like it's like we replaced yes. your head with this yes, exactly and you can see the line that is a uh, uh just an absolute treat um la last uh homework related question are we you know are we going to be seeing more of you on the homework? christmas movie now now Tori that DeVito? you know you never know yeah. never say never right i i mean I, like i said i'm down for it i've really enjoyed uh what's been happening and how the scripts are turning out there i mean i'm i'm like i'm all in let's do it she's all in everybody i love it all in give <laughs> tori devito for development deal uh home that's the the cool new thing that homework's doing is cool development deals let's do that yeah. uh rapid fire rapid fire we each get to ask you three questions similar to what we've been doing but different because they okay. are uh rapid uh, <laughs> you can in, answer in, as slow as you want in, in nature uh <laughs> we'll each ask you three and then we'll uh then we'll be done dano you said that the moon bear was not the cutest bear in the world what is the cutest <laughs> bear in the world oh the the cub. Oh, I see uh, what you did there. Go Cubbies. I got some development things in the work. The Cubs. <laughs> I see what you did. Yeah. The Cubbies. <laughs> the Cubbies. You know what? He probably heard me upstairs like, oh my God, what is she doing right now? <laughs> the Cubbies. Um, are, are, is it like, I can take that. Is, is it public knowledge that your boyfriend is a general manager? Yeah. Not general manager, manager. Manager. Like yes. on yes. the field manager. Do you ever, yeah. do you, a manager of the Cubs, do you ever pitch like trades? Do you ever go in there and you're like, hey, I've got a, I've got a thing. Yeah. Like maybe we could do some stuff. <laughs> Are you pitching some stuff to him? No. <laughs> I, um, no. I stay out of that. You know, yeah, I fair. call in the middle of the day and I'm like, hey, babe, oh my God, the moon bears. And he's like, <laughs> I'm in the middle of a meeting. Is this important? And I'm like, uh, no, that's fine. But you know, the moon bear. In the dugout, when you see manager Ross on the phone, yeah. he's not calling the bullpen. It's like, moon bears again, Tori. I mean, like, look. It is the bottom of the night. Hold on one second. Bring it to the righty. Righty. Uh, like, I just like, that's impressive. Yeah. Um, the best meal in Chicago. Best Ooh. meal in Chicago. Um, I'd have to say this restaurant, Oreo. It's like a four-hour experience, and oh, I think yeah. the best meal I've ever had in the entire world. Four hours. Well, so tell, yeah. walk me through. Walk me through it. They have courses. I don't even know what you would consider the cuisine. I guess, I guess, like a American mixed cuisine. I have no idea, but it's like you sit down. You don't really know what you're getting. You can tell them if you have any dietary restrictions, and they'll make it happen. And it's just this four, what? five, six course thing, and. You're there for like four hours and it is delicious. I've been twice and 
just amazing. I don't know. I don't know. I have a hard I time. I don't think that's going to be in the old podcast budget. I have a, no, well, I just have a hard time with like not knowing what I'm getting. Yeah, he's and, a very picky. Eater. Right. Uh, so. Okay. Okay. Well, then I'll do a more, um, a less, because uh, it sounds fancy, but it's not like fancy, but it is long. It is like yeah. one of those, like, it's you know, fancy. Um, uh, Abba. 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 What's it Abba? It's so good. It's like a Mediterranean restaurant, um, but it's the best pita bread Ooh. I've ever had. All right. Stop selling. Go. You oh got me with so, good. so you live in Chicago now. You mm-hmm. you have spent some time in New York as a kid. What, in LA. What what pizza are you picking? If you have to pick a pizza, Ooh. what pizza are you picking? New York. New York. Oh, Hands down. Wow. Hands down. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Man. Yeah. yeah. I, I I the Chicago's just it's a it's a whole thing. I just yeah. It's I'm 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 eating a lasagna at that point. Am I, am right. I not? It, yeah. yes. I love a deep dish pizza. I, I just love a deep dish pizza. The yeah. thing is, is the New York style, it just, the ceiling of New York style is seven and a half out of 10. Like in my opinion, like, whereas deep, you can have really bad deep dish, but it can get to 10 of 10. Whereas New York style, like wow. it's all kind of in that safe zone. Wow. You know what I mean? Where mm. it's all going to taste a certain way. And I just, mm. yeah. yeah I just, and I think that I like safe. You like safe. Like safe. Well, yeah. the, high, the highest of heights it. of deep dish is where I'm at. That's Ooh. where I'm at. No, if I'm in Chicago. Holding it, eating it. Yeah. 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 I love it. If I'm in Chicago, of course I'm going to yeah. do it. Fork and knife but, deep dish. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Of course. We could do it. But. Now I'm just hungry. Yeah, me too. Very much. What's so. uh, your most memorable movie going experience? A movie that you walked out of the theater and you were like, "Wow, that was something." Oh God. Um. Oh gosh. Uh, actually, kind of recently, I think it was 2019. Um, I went with my co-star Nick Gelfis from Chicago Med, and we went and saw a Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yeah. And I remember walking Holy out of that cow. and being like. Yeah. It was so good. That's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. So That's a great choice, man. Do you have a best Billy Joel story that you can share? <laughs> oh, um, God, I don't know. It's so funny. Cause like, obviously my dad and him met when they were 18, they were like, brother. So I grew up, like we spent every uh, Thanksgiving together and like, what? it was just kind of like family. So, um, I do have a good Elton John story because they used to do the face to face. Sure. If we have to, if we have to do a good Elton John story. (laughs) So when I was like 16 years old, I had this ring that I wore on my thumb that was like, like kind of pointy or whatever. And, um, Elton was walking up the ramp to go onto the stage and me and my dad were on the side of the stage and he gave me a hug before he walked up. And you know how he'd wear these like million dollar suits that were like embroidered. I, when I hugged him, the, the, my ring got caught on the embroidery in the back and he didn't know. And I pulled it and he walked off and the string was like hanging. And my dad was like, Oh no. And started laughing so hard. He's like, that was like a million dollars. right there." I was like, <gasps> but he doesn't know that I did it. He probably thinks he did it on stage. Thank God. So well, we I have Sir Elton really on the line. Secret. He's on the line yeah. right now. You I know, know yeah. probably his favorite podcast. Elton, Elton, loves loves Elton is actually here to play the audition from Dance Flick. Um, <laughs> so no, he got it. It's wild. Huh? He's oh got all God. of it somehow. Man, something. now I, I'm out of questions, but I have so many Billy Joel questions yeah. that I just feel like it's not fair because this is a Tori DeVito interview. We but man, that. we have to have you back on, Tori. That's the end of the yeah. discussion. We have to have you back. Yeah.
Or you could call, we'll get, get, um, we'll get dad on next time. Oh yeah. All the questions you want. I love it. I I don't know why your dad would come on like the homework. But I'm here for it. We will make a reason. We'd love it. We'll make a reason. Technically he has a song on a Hallmark movie now. So there's your end. Yes. 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 We did it. So let's really quick. Let's talk about this song really fast. And then we'll talk about Billy Joel. Uh, Tori, this is so much fun. Rip in time premiering this Sunday. Hallmark movies and mysteries. I think it's a 9 PM, uh, start time. I think that's what they do over there. Um, because, you know, they're special. Um, Tori, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and uh, we will uh, wish you what we wish everybody else. A very Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Oh, thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Deck the Hallmarks of Bramble Jam podcast. It's presented by Philo TV. It's produced by Brandon Gray and recorded live in, yeah, that Greenville, South Carolina. Set decor is by Plum at Haywood Mall. For more information on Deck the Hallmark, you can go to deckthehallmark.com. For more information on Bramble Jam podcast network, you can go to Bramble Jam podcast dot com you're about to hear some ads that help keep the lights on here at the studio feel free to listen feel free to turn it off whatever you want to but either way thanks so much for your support